Welcome back to Two Homers and a Realist. The Sooners win 31-29 over UCF Knights. They're 7-0, but not all is well. I'm Steve. I'm Connor. Lucas. Jay. So, we were all at the game today, some of us for the entirety of it, and I think what we saw today was a little troubling. Um, we saw a win, so a win's a win, but honestly, a lot of things to be worried about. So, let's get into that. We've got a lot of notes, maybe extensive notes. Before we talk about that, let's give a word out, shout out to our sponsor, Tobacco Exchange. They've got three great locations throughout the metro. As we've always said, the best pricing, selection, and staff in the entire metro area. Lucas, what are we smoking tonight? Tonight we've got a Fuente Rare Pink Signature. And uh, these only come out once a year, if, I'm, if I remember correctly. And they are pink for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Very apropos. The boxes are pink. And um, the one we're smoking is kind of based on the Hemingway line, but it's a little more bold. Yeah, a little bold. It's very delicious. It's very good. It's extremely good. I'm very satisfied. Unlike what happened on the field today, I wasn't so satisfied with that. The cigar is outclassing the Sooners, to be honest. But the Sooners did win. They got off to a slow start, and that was one of our fears, was a Texas hangover, and I think it was realized. Offensively a slow start. Offensively a slow start. Defensively a great start. Defensively very strong, uh, exceptionally strong, really strong in a way that was extra disappointing than when we couldn't capitalize on short fields. But offensively, we come out with a three and out with what looked like just a really bad script of plays, including, of course, you don't script it, a, a bobbled, uh, was it a direct snap to Salchuk? Yeah. yeah. And so just out of sorts there from the get-go, struggled, got down into uh, not quite the red zone, but definitely within field goal range and obviously missing the, a couple of field goals, very costly made it a game where it didn't have to be a game, or at least it caused us to do things and, and, and play down to a level of a, an opponent that you really don't want to have to do with it. It was the opposite of what I wanted to see. I wanted to see us come out really strong, put a lot of points on the board early, put them away, and then be able to rest some of the starters. But the starters had to play the entire game, so that's not uh, desirable, obviously. That's not optimal. What do you guys think? I was pretty bummed out with the, uh, how the game started as well offensively. I mean, I think we had the first five drives. I think we started four of those in UCF territory, I believe, if not right around UCF territory on all five, and, and we only come away with seven points. Um, Steve, to what you mentioned with the, the missed field goals, um, just a lot of missed opportunities, and I think that, that carried over a bit from the Texas game. Um, it was just a lot more prominent here because uh, this game could have been 28-0 to pretty early. Uh, in my opinion, and if, if not, I mean, at least a two-score game within the first three drives. So uh, special teams, again, continues to be a massive concern, especially in the area of field goal kicking. Um, punting was a little bit better today. Punt, so, it was, uh, was a lot better. Lot better. Yeah. So the yeah. 51 name, yard, Nzinga, 51 yard yeah, average. Nzinga yeah. punted the whole game. And great kick coverage, yep. getting down and, and stopping them with the uh, catch. Kick the kickoff coverage was phenomenal. Yep. We, we yes. got them short of 25. I think every time today. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, it, but and I, I think you saw a little bit of early, you know, fatigue from the defense because they were on the field so much in that first quarter. I mean, that the first four minutes of the first quarter lasted like 45 minutes. It was crazy. Um, so definitely had the <coughs> hangover effect that I think we were hoping to avoid and all predicted we would avoid. Um, nonetheless, come out with a, a win, as, as Brent always says. We went 1-0 this week, uh, on to the next one. But there are a ton of improvements that have to be made if this team wants to reach the, the potential that it can. Uh, I was very disappointed with the offense, obviously, like everybody else was. The defense played well to start the game, had a couple busts on passing plays and some running plays. The long 86-yard touchdown they had was one of those you think you got the quarterback in your grasp and he just dumps it off to a guy essentially and nobody's there to cover him. Um, he blows a kiss to the sideline, doesn't get a flag. Everybody in the, the 84,000 people in the stands saw him do it. 86,500 or whatever a sellout is. Everybody saw him do it except for apparently the refs, but then they saw something in the end zone that warranted a, a flag. So instead of 
in the new rule, what was it, 2009? Yep. If that if that occurs during the play, they go back to the spot of the foul. By so rule. The, so the touchdown would have been taken off the board. Um, he did it like the 30-yard 30 30 line. You never right? know what happens and the, in a yeah, game. Yeah, you don't know what happens. That. They Absolutely. might have thrown an well, Especially with how well we have been playing in, right. in the red zone and how well we played today in the red zone. Yeah, we had a goal line stand today until Cannett gets a stupid penalty. Yeah, so what happened? So I missed that. What, what did he do? I guess he yelled in the face. He, he stand over the guy and yeah. yelled. Yeah, and, and so, it, so he pulled stoop, Ethan Downs. He pulled it, Ethan Downs and actually got and called actually got for called it. For it would have been fourth and two, and they had three consecutive plays, at the well, two at the one, and then they got they lost a yard. So then it, was, it would have been fourth and goal from the two, and they were sending the punting team out when they threw the flag. So that would that's a four point swing right there early in you the game. You can't do that. That's stupid on our part. Yeah. But it was a great goal line stand and, and I actually want to compliment him as well. Brent played strategically very smart by forcing what would have been a delay of game, but then it became a, a timeout that they had to take by forcing them to uh, but with, with substitutions and he, he substituted like two units. It was beautiful. Yeah. He like substituted the line unit and then the um, the the backfield and it it caused them to have to call a timeout because they couldn't they didn't have enough time to get the ball snapped so that was that was really good but it, it's all for naught when you get a penalty like we got and it really makes me mad like Connor said when you start the game out and we were on the plus side of the field for the four for the five outs. yeah and then and their punter we they were kicking into the wind. So the punter kept kicking it out around the 40, Horrible. the plus 40. Horrible punter. So we, we're only 40 yards out, and we end up with two missed field goals. And, and then, not even really threatening. Not yeah. like missed field goals from 10 yards out. Right. We really we weren't even in the red zone. I don't think either time. Uh, nope, we weren't. Looking at the stats, we had um, uh, what missed field goal, 12 plays for 26 yards, and a missed field goal. And then we had, on the first, that's the second one, the first one, Six plays for 20 yards and a missed field goal. And all, and the whole time you're doing this, of course, you're running hurry up, so you're only taking a minute and a half off the clock and missing and, a field goal. And making goal. your defense come back out there. And make there. your defense come back out there. And I know, Jay, you have stuff to add, but I think that's exactly what we're, we're saying in the, 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 the midweek was this should have been a game that you're taking advantage of those opportunities and putting teams away quickly. And we had every opportunity to do that um, in that first quarter especially. So it's frustrating. I, I – I do think we are a better team than what we showed in that first quarter. But <clears throat> at some point, you know, if you have those, those chances against a team like Oklahoma State or even maybe, maybe Kansas next week in Lawrence, it's not going to be as forgiving. And, um, I mean, we're one not recovered onside kick away from losing the game today. Yeah, and just to not harp on the same things that you guys have already mentioned, I'll, I'll pick on something else. This was a horrific run defensive team. And like 115 in the nation. Yeah, I mean, or just absolutely brutal. And we Kansas could ran not for 400 yards against them. We, last we, week. we absolutely could not run it early on it whatsoever. And there's really only one drive the whole game that we ran. The and ball. they even left two high Towards safeties, which what was really curious is when we couldn't run is when they had two high safeties early in the game. And then later in the game, when they had only had one high safety, we somehow could run. Well, we so changed it's our complete opposite. We changed to his own block. What you should be able to do. And then yeah, put Savion Bird in. Yep. I don't know. It's just, I, I'll just say the run game is it's so baffling. It's at this it's far disturbing. Season, it's to seven be games with in the you. season, and we have no number one running back. We don't have any consistency in that position whatsoever. And it's very disturbing. Like if if Ty Wee had played today, I think there would have been some better runs early on, but still nothing of any significance that I think would have would have changed much of of the game itself. My only thing I would I would say is I'm curious to I don't know if you can quantify it or even figure this out, but we just don't give one back enough time to get a rhythm, get a feel for the game. Sometimes you have to take the hitch. You have to see what your line is doing. You have to see what the other team is doing. Yeah. And and well, we've been yourself. talking about that. Yeah. And you know we bring in a running back and he might block and then he comes off the field. And then you bring in a different running back and he gets a carry and he gets switched out. Just you have to have some consistency. I understand wanting to keep people fresh. Maybe somebody's better in a different situation than others whether it's blocking or going out for a pass route. Well, you can't be predictable that way if that's the case right. because someone else will key in on that and understand what your your offensive scheme but is going to be. But, I mean, even look at, the, look at the first drive with Sawchuck. 
It's his first start of the se- first start of his career at OU, right? Um, you his second snap ever. You're having him field a direct snap <clears throat> in the backfield, which given he should catch it, he's a Division one football player and. But I mean, I mean, it was a bad you, snap. You it was, should, it was but it's high snap. into your left, right? It's, it's high into That's, your left. And quarterbacks are used to that. And not only that, but like, to, Jay, to your point, where you're not giving someone a rhythm, the next drive, we put Jaleel Farouk in there in the backfield. I think the running back. The drive after that, we put Gavin Freeman in, in the backfield. Heck, it's, there's uh, no rhythm at, whatsoever. At and we've been talking about that for weeks now, saying that you've got to give somebody a chance to get a rhythm, get them a lot of carries. Austin freaking Stogner was in the backfield. With no running back on the field. They once. did weird things with Stogner today. I want to talk about that, but Lucas, did you have something? Yeah, the other thing we've been talking about, and we've harked on this for two seasons now under Levy, is you're playing so fast-paced that the linemen are getting tired mm-hmm. really early on in these drives to where mm-hmm. they, they're they taking a snap, they're running the ball four yards, and then you've got the linemen trying to snap the ball within ten more seconds. They As soon as they get set, you got them. No you got them running in line. You got them running to play again, and they're not. They don't have the. I don't know. They're just not able to get set enough to fire off the ball over and over and over and over and over. Right. Yeah. I, I think you're right. So, the Stogner thing. I'm going to transition into that since you bring it up, um, and we can definitely go back to running backs because it is a big issue for us. But I think Stogner is a big issue, and I hate to call a kid out, but it's the coaching decision to keep putting him in there and putting him in all of the different variety of plays they put him in. So in the backfield, in the slot, at one point he's wide out, and they roll him out. He's in motion as the farthest wide out. He's not going to be a threat at all. That To not, to not be derogatory, but that's the Devis Bevel mistake of putting him out there. That is a player who cannot succeed in that position. He, there's no threat that he's going to represent out there on the far hash, and I, I'm talking about the hash against the sidelines. There's no reason to defend it, and even if you try to defend it, you easily can come off of that to do something else. It's a wasted body. It's a wasted body. I don't understand it. He missed a block today <clears throat> that was an absolute blow-up where where Gabriel got destroyed yeah. by a, a, a blitz that came right at Stogner, and there was no other, as far as I remember, there was no one else assignment-wise that he had to worry about. You, I don't understand why he's on the field the way he is. I don't understand the theory. And if it's a problem that you think you've got an offensive line problem, for the most part, the offensive line has played really well. I, I really don't see the need for an extra blocker. And if you need an extra blocker, how is he the guy that you have to have? Stoops could could fill that role and then put another wide out that's a deep threat or or just an intermediate threat out there. It to me it's something that's a real big shortcoming that it's almost 10 against 1 at this point. It's very frustrating. And I blame Levy. I blame Levy for sure. 10 against 1? 10 against 11. Okay. Make it sure. Sometimes it feels like it's that's one. That's a new though. math. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it feels it's like all it's 11 against 1. 10 against 1 plus the 10 that are already out there, therefore 10 against and we, 11. And we reference that many times in the pod, you know. Let's let's see a four four wide uh, wide receiver setup, and Stogner should not be one of the four. You're talented enough at wide receiver. Pettaway got in there early. Once. And then he didn't he didn't get in there hardly any of the he rest like of the game. He got like a nine-yard catch nine and was never on the field yet. No, he was in there on another at least player two that I saw but didn't get targeted. But I, I, how many receivers do we have catch the ball? It today? just doesn't make sense that right, We had one, two, three. F- oh, hold on! It just uh, skipped on me for some reason. Well, as you're looking that up, I want to talk about Dylan Gabriel because he had a bad game today. Um, I think the lack of a deep ball was a very significant shortcoming in this game. We've talked about that throughout the season. It really came home to roost here. If you look at how fast he's checking down, I think that that's a real problem. Now, granted, the offensive line did not give him the protection he needs for the most part, but he is throwing behind receivers. He's waiting to see when they're open. He's staring people down. He's staring people down. He looked and he threw a, a, a ball on a free play to Anderson and almost overthrew him. He caused the interception that really he deserves credit for the interception when he waited so long to throw to Stoops coming on the crossing Stoops pattern. Stoops across five yards wide and, open and with really his arm up. Exposed, and then he finally throws Exposed Stoops in a way that he could have gotten injured. Yeah, he got his broad receiver killed on he the got his, his, So 
That's very, bad. It was very reminiscent-esque of uh, what we did to Texas a couple one, of weeks ago when we blew up their tight end across the middle. One of the best throws he's made the whole season was probably the one to Anderson on the sideline that was the second touchdown. Mm -hmm. He threw that on a rope about 35 yards as Anderson just ran away from his guy and was wide open. <laughs> but he didn't put a bunch of air under it. It was like the perfect line Yeah, give drive him credit throw. on that one. That was amazing. Well, and how much of the lack the of the deep drive. ball? How much of the lack of the deep ball is missing on drill? Yeah. I mean, that's well, why I thought we'd see some more Brennan Thompson in there, especially when they honestly, went to running though, one safety over the top. It's I mean, not a speed issue. It's yeah. it's a it's a Dylan Gabriel issue. He doesn't throw the ball in time for a deep ball to be a threat. It's like he doesn't know his range. I, mean, I almost think separation today. I almost wonder they don't even put Thompson in the game because of that. Like by the time you him. see that Brennan Thompson's got his guy beat, and you choose to throw, you it's have to late. throw at sixty-five yards. Right, and he can't do that, yeah. and almost no one can do that. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's the problem today. Because he I doesn't saw throw him, open players. He doesn't throw people open. Yeah. He, I saw it today again where he gets into a shell. He checks down. He doesn't see the entirety of the field. He he goes to his safety valve. Thank goodness we have Drake Stoops. Drake Stoops yeah. is amazing. He's the MVP. He is the, absolutely the, the MVP. He got the game ball today, I'm pretty he, sure. He deserves it. He is phenomenal. And he's the safety valve, and yet he missed, Gabriel missed him at least twice wide open. One time would have been a touchdown. He missed um, number six. What, LV Buckley Sheldon. Yeah, yeah. Sheldon. Uh, wide open on a throwaway in yeah. the end zone With twice. Yeah. Twice There's he's a defender open. Not even within 20 yards of him. And then he crosses the all of them and he's wide open. It was a classic play that we've seen so many times by so many different quarterbacks here and elsewhere where they wait and they buy time with their feet and then find that guy. He bought time with his feet and then he found the sidelines is all he found. And the first touchdown to Anderson was not a good throw, but thankfully Anderson's got super long arms yes. and was able to reach out and yes. snatch that ball and walk in the yeah, end zone. A great yep. catch. It was a great a catch, catch on yeah. a wide open guy that any of us could have thrown. Yeah, on a bad throw. So, we so had that was six, frustrating. We had six receivers catch passes, one tight end, and two running backs. It's it's very concerning. Um, as we, we look at the entirety of the offense, we have a lot, obviously, to complain about. Let's talk about the defense and be complimentary, I think. I'm just very happy with where we are on defense. This defense is, is playing, continues to play the way that we want them to. They're going up against, what are, they're about the number three rushing offense in the country. We hold them to, what, 149 yards or something? Ridiculous, ridiculously they below. A, they had a 3.6 yards per carry today. Which is ridiculously below their averages. Um, close just to, tremendous. Close to 200 yards under their season average. And they had total one 55-yard run that was a busted run. Most and an 80-yard pass was pass, a busted most, pass. Most of, the, you know, most of the passing success was busted passing situations, especially where we're threatening the quarterback and his dump-offs yeah, were, you've got, were great. You've got 140 yards, give or take, on two plays. And they had 397 for the game. Yeah, or else the, they're, they're looking at 250 yards of offense. And the they defense had 20 is doing first everything they need to do to put us in a position to win, and win big. And the offense is not complementing that which is very frustrating, obviously. They were 4-16 on third down, which any time you would take that. Yes. I mean, you're going to – Oh, absolutely. One out of every four times they're absolutely. getting a, a first down Especially on third. Especially with a successful offense And they like only that. went one for one on fourth down. Mm -hmm. So, once you could get them in those situations, you were doing a good job. But the two big plays really hurt. The one, the one fourth down conversion was the last the touchdown. touchdown of the game. Yeah. yeah. They scored. And then the Canucks shoot themselves in the foot with the penalty on the goal line stand. And I felt like they came back and did a really good job of not um, of understanding they need to calm down and do their job. I noticed at the – and this is in contrast to prior years, it's third down and we get a stop right there at the end of the game. And I know they end up giving up a, a late touchdown, but they don't celebrate. They know they've got a fourth down they've got to defend. And in past years, we saw celebrations as if they're going to punt from the 20-yard line at, with a minute to go and they're down by – Three, so it was. It was great to see that that we understood the the down, the distance, the time in the game, the position, uh, very dialed in, and that goes all the way to making them take as long as they took to score a touchdown, and then stopping the fourth down conversion. Or, I mean, sorry, the, the two point conversion, 
which was completely sniffed out. I don't really understand the play call. So thank you. It was a double pass. Well, I know. I don't understand why you do it. Yeah. Uh, Malzahn dialed up a a trick play that is not going to trick anyone unless he's going to throw, which he wasn't, back across the field to somebody. We're not going to vacate a position. We had four guys there to completely destroy. We had one guy that was on the route. And there was three guys around him in the middle, and two and then, coming up to stop the. And the, the first guy the made the tackle, yeah. which is just all across the board great. So again, the defense, very complimentary um, for me at least. I'm I'm very pleased with everything I saw on defense. Any other notes of, or things of significance you guys want to talk about? I, I guess uh, Sussman played a good game, but then at the end, when for whatever reason he had to come out, um, uh, Kip Lewis came Kip in. Lewis came in and played very solid. Uh, got a three and out on that one, which is then gets us the ball back immediately so we can go down and score. So I know a lot of people have talked about um, wanting Kip Lewis to get on the field more. The problem with that is you have to slide. So if you take Kanick off to put Kip Lewis on, you have to slide Stutzman from the will to the mic. Yeah, and that's weird. That's right? out of position. But that's he played the will last position. year, though. No, but you're you're essentially robbing Peter to pay Paul a little right. bit mm-hmm. yeah. by taking him out of his best position to get somebody else on the field. And it's probably just because he's a youngster and they haven't given him two positions to learn yet. But Yeah, we don't want to do that. So when Stutz came out, um, you had uh, Kanick out there, which... I don't know, Kanick and Kip Lewis worries me a whole lot more than Kip Lewis and Stutzman on the field. Yeah. Yeah. We had some missed tackles today, too. (laughs) That was a little frustrating. I mean, They're a very good team, and that's a very good running back, though. Oh, no, for sure. And and that that running back was patient, and they set up lanes and blocks for him very well. And their misdirection Um, was very successful. I felt like we got a lot of good push, and we were close to getting a bunch of sacks that didn't come to fruition. But, again, it was we talked about early in the season that against SMU, against Cincinnati, that we're a step away from getting six sacks in a game and instead we come away with one or two. And the times that they are getting away is when they hit us on a big play. Mm-hmm. And so those just break your back a lot of times. We had three um, three sacks today. Three sacks today. And, I mean, it could have easily been six or seven if, if we're a step closer on some plays. And against a team that doesn't pass the ball very much. So you're really trying to stop the run primarily because that's their bread and butter. Uh, one thing that I think was pretty interesting, transitioning back to offense a little bit, we were put in a weird position um, at the end of the game, near the end of the game, uh, you know, halfway through the fourth quarter, we've got the ball back with this weird no-man's-land amount of time left. Yeah. And I thought they played it pretty well where they understood they don't know if time's on our side or not, and so they did a good job, and then they got to a position where time was definitely – we were gonna. We, we needed to run clock, and they transitioned to waiting to run clock, and that was really good. So snap so the ball later. In very, the very clock. complimentary of Lebby and and everyone of doing a good job of making sure when they needed to run clock, they did. But being aggressive and understanding, we may need the ball back, and this may not be successful. So we don't want to run three minutes off and give them the ball back in good territory. And then of course we go down and and end up scoring anyway, which was great. Uh, I thought that we used timeouts effectively um so so good job by venables and and crew on all of that understanding where we needed to be and if we needed to get the ball back i was thinking it was going to be ironic that even with our field goal kicking woes we might win this game with a field goal they might get the two-point conversion and then we go down and get a field goal to win it um it made me nervous here's maybe how pessimistic i was getting at the end of the game when we stop them on the two-point conversion I'm worried, crap, maybe that was bad because they're going to get the onside kick, and then lo and behold, they almost got the, the onside kick the and with concern. a minute left. And we would have been kicking into the wind, too. Yeah, we would have been kicking into the wind, a slight wind. I want to give a shout-out to the UCF fans today. Mm-hmm. They were loud. They were loud, and there was a bunch of them. What were they chanting? Were they chanting airball? I thought it was – I thought – yeah, it sounded like airball, air but that's I don't know. the wrong sport. I, didn't hear that. I don't know what it – I don't know what it was, but it was they were extremely loud. Yep. They punched above their weight for sure. That's probably the best away crowd for a conference game that I could remember in forever. A long time. I mean, except for like Oklahoma State or somebody. Right. K-State K- 
was K-State okay. travels well. And, they, and they're loud as well with their stupid but, first But it seems like if these... If you adjust for distance from where they came from, that was amazing. Yeah, and it seems like they were all in the same section there, and I mm-hmm. think section 20, 20 or so. Yeah. Which will be my new section because yeah. of the seat moving. Yeah, they were in 2019 and a little bit of 21. And they but, yeah. they did a great job hyping their team up, I felt like. Yeah, I, I thought that They never was got really loud good. when we were on offense. No. But their, their cheering when they scored and stuff was a lot louder. If was, I'm going to bring up a, a point job. that I'm um, a little frustrated with, where I've been very pleased with most of what we've done in terms of um, coordination across everything, cheer squads and everything, the band were playing their music on when we were on offense a little too deep into when we're ready to snap the ball and quite as a few times audibling. they needed to be they needed to quiet down and not be playing while we're obviously doing our snap count and so they need to work on that a little bit um i had a note about the let's go ou chant God was so forced bless, dude and the oh, student section God. nailed the let's but the side that was go which would have been the south East corner was horrible, and then the OU was pretty decent. But Why if all not? four are not working, it doesn't work. Yep. And it and it was the first time they tried it. I saw it online going into the game, and it was something they were going to try no, to I do. I didn't see that. So it it seems like that's something they want to make a tradition in between a certain quarter, maybe. But it's it, stupid. It didn't work. It's and dumb. I'm okay we, with it. We have Boomer Sooner. We have Boomer Sooner. We, we do have Boomer it's, Sooner. It's one of the best in college football. To I have agree. one side yell Boomer Don't and the other side yell Sooner. Isn't broken. Why would you why would you mess with that? No, if you're gonna if you're gonna introduce a new thing, I, I think yeah, you gotta try new stuff from time to time. Let's not introduce it on the fourth home game. Let's mm-hmm. go ahead and try to do it yeah. on a game when we're beating Arkansas State so bad that everyone doesn't care and they're gonna join in. We were a little too uptight, I think, to say, let's get a new cheer and we were learn losing. something new. Yeah, we were losing. We were losing the game. And yeah. It, and when I first sat down in the seats 25 minutes till kickoff, it did not feel like a game day to me. Uh, the the people, the, the stands were full at kickoff, but this 11 o'clock garbage again, just the whole mood, it was oh. it was homecoming, but who would have known because yeah. they did it the parade the night before. I but like that, actually. It On just 11 really, a.m., I like it. It really just not feel like a, a major college football game day today. No. And then, I mean, we weren't flashing lights or anything exciting. Well, we you can't. Know, oh, we can't because it's 11 a.m. Yeah, bright and sunny. Stupid. Well, hopefully that's going to be something of the past. I'll, uh, as long as we're on sort of realist rants right now, I want to introduce one that we've been talking about for some time. And that is on third down, instead of making noise by clapping, distractingly waving three fingers in the air in some kind of weird waggle way. I don't understand why we're doing that. Um, I think that it, it, one, it's, it's difficult to see what's happening in terms of um, when you're looking through all of these fingers in the air, but more importantly, it's not making noise. Yeah. It is, instead of clapping or cupping your hands around your, your mouth to project more, you're waving your fingers like they're not seeing that. I don't know what you think you're doing. I don't know if you think you're uh, distracting a free throw uh, shooter in a basketball <laughs> game. Again, wrong sport. You can't it's, clap your three fingers? It, yeah, it doesn't work. What's the sound of three fingers clapping? Uh, it, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's ridiculous. And every, when people do it, like, what? We all know it's third down. Don't do that. Let's, yeah. let's make noise. Yeah. <clears throat> Cup your hands around your mouth and yell. The, very frustrating. Whistle. Clap. Clap. Are we still on rants? Oh, we're ranting, yep. baby. Okay, because it was, um, you know, unseasonably hot today Yep. for the time of year. And I used to think the two-and-a-half-minute TV timeouts was brutal. Oh, my God. The three-and-a-half-minute TV timeouts <laughs> are god-awful. They are – it's atrocious. we got to shorten the game, though, so we're not stopping the clock on first downs until inside of two minutes. We're not stopping on out-of-bounds plays inside of two minutes. But let's add five more commercials. Yes, there is no way the gameplay game on the field today is what caused the game no, to be the length not even it was. No, close. No, it was a hundred percent commercials. It, it's very frustrating. Three and a half minutes in the heat in the stadium, at doing some chants point, that you've done for thirty years, is just too much. At some point, as when you're looking at it as an athletic director, as a, a university, you're putting a product on the field, you're trying to create an atmosphere, you've got to push back a little bit against TV and say, look, I understand that pays bills. I understand that brings in revenue. 
but we've got to find a good balance. I mean, you know what would bring in a lot of revenue? If we had like 45 minutes of commercials. We know that wouldn't work because that's too much. What we need to find is the right balance. And this amount of commercialing is just ridiculous. It's making it to where... It's painful. It's very painful. And it's going to make it that much more desirable to stay home and be watching it on TV rather than go and endure all this in the stadium. And you got nowhere to go or nothing to do when it's... 85 degrees in the bright sun, and you've got a four-minute commercial that pops up. Yeah, because I'll be honest, at home, when you're watching the game, the length of the commercials affects me 0%. It, it really actually does. is helpful to it be really a little long. I'll switch the channel. I'll watch a different game. You, you go to the restaurant. I'll go, yeah, I'll do anything. I don't even notice my, how long it is. I could go mow my lawn. Like A lot of different <laughs> things can happen. But when you're three, sitting in the stands in the heat doing nothing, it is atrociously long. Oh, thank God we don't have bleachers. Because it takes it away, way worse. it takes away um, home field advantage. It takes away home field desirability uh, in terms of attending the game, and that's that's something they have to think about from a business standpoint. It, we're already struggling to get and keep people in the stands. This is something that's a real headwind to it. And yeah, I think that's a very legitimate realist rant. Any other rants? What what else is on your your list, guys? I know you took extensive copious I liked, notes. I thought this. it was great how uh, Chris Plank in the first the first uh, game break timeout <laughs> thing when he goes, we're going to go to some big games around college football. Rutgers. Oh, it's Rutgers. <laughs> Rutgers. Oh, it's Middle Tennessee State or whoever the hell and the next they one. Skipped they the skipped only big game. the only big game is Ohio State, Penn State. Didn't mention it once in the first the first little set or, or whatever game break thing Just that he pathetic. does. Just absolutely And they, they cover three games that mean absolutely nothing that no ranked teams are playing in. Yeah. But yet the game that's the the biggest in the country at the time, just no mention of it whatsoever. It that, that is pathetic. That's and, really and we've pathetic. talked about it before, but when he does his his score breaks, he's always behind on what the actual score is. Yes. Because For he doesn't years. think, Oh, I can check my phone. 30 seconds before I go right. live. And just give the right update. Yeah, and give the right score. Even if the, even if the scoreboard isn't going to show it, go ahead and give the update. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. It's And it's been that for years it's been like that. All right, well, let's transition back to the game because I want to talk about something Connor brought up that I think is really apropos, and that is a comparison in this narrow victory where we have to get a stop on a two-point conversion. We win 31-29, to 29, obviously by two points. If we compare this to the vintage of 2018 through 2021 those Sooners how do we feel about this team improving enough to get better versus what we saw today because we obviously have to get better we saw games like that throughout the back half of the season in those in those years do we feel better about our ability to close this gap and make improvements or are we in the same quandary that we were in in past years what do you guys think I feel better about it. I mean, it, and it's it's not like I feel great after after what we saw today, but if I'm comparing it to those years that you mentioned in the past and kind of how I phrased it on the way back from the game, it feels a lot more in control than in the past. So, um, I mean, <clears throat> all of 2021, we're squeaking wins, and it's it's because of numerous reasons, mostly defensively, that uh, we're, we're barely winning games. We've seen this offense be productive to, to a point. I, I think there's a just massive amount of growth that has to happen for us to be a contender um, nationally. Um, I think we can contend <clears throat> at the conference level with what we have right now, but past that, I have concerns. But to the, to the question at hand, I do, I do feel a lot more confident with this, uh, this type of narrow victory than I would have two years ago. Definitely feels like a game we would have lost before. Yeah. And, well, that's, that's true. I mean, I'm I think our offense about, would have been way better, better before. Can we get better? Will, will we learn from this? Or will we, because the homer take that we would have always had and did have in the past was, yes, but we're close, it's fixable, we can get past it. And that's the Lincoln-Riley talk. Um, can we get better in November, championship November, are we going to be faced with the same kind of stuff? Well, I think offense is more fixable throughout the season than your defense. I think your defense is kind of what it is throughout the year, and I don't know how much better you can get. Um, offensively, seems like it can be game-to-game, um, scenario-to-scenario. And so, I, you know. I think that's a really good point. Uh, 
and we've seen we've seen improvement and we've seen better play out of this offense. I, I think part of the key is for Levy to understand the tools he's got at his disposal and what he doesn't have and play to your strengths, get Gabriel in a comfortable position so that the offense can succeed. And I don't know what that's going to take in terms of the running game other than to get a guy into a rhythm. Uh, I, I think what it takes in the passing game is just some way to help him find a deep route that he's willing and able to throw. And that's, that's something that will continue to plague us. But if it, it's sort of easy math. If, if they're going to play off, it's off of us so much to take away a deep route, then the running game should be there. And if they're going to stuff the run, the deep ball should be there. One of the two. And if they're going to play soft corners with a, a, a loaded box, then you've just got to take what you can get. Nickel and dime. Nick and, nickel and dime all the way up the field. And you've got a guy who can nickel and dime in, in Drake Stoops. You can, and, and the other guys, too. But that's a reliable outlet right there every time. What I'd rather see, though, is run a pattern that is taking advantage of that five yards downfield rather than it's a bubble screen or it's a guy that you're numerous times, especially to Anderson, we were throwing this, he's covered, you're, it's, it's third and eight, and you're throwing a five-yard route where he's covered up. Even if he catches it, he's going to be completely swallowed. So you, you can't do that kind of stuff. You've just got to understand where you are down in distance and put him in a position to succeed. Yeah, there was a play, gosh, I can't remember when. It was either third or fourth quarter, but we had stalled out offensively, and we had maybe a third and six, and Freeman runs a little quick out, two yards short of the sticks, and it looks like he can cut it upfield and just gets get the first plastered. and doesn't get splashed and we punt again. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to run those routes to the sticks. Yeah, the and markers. That's, and that's, Drake that's did on, that once today too. On and, a third and ten, he ran a five-yard route. But that's not on. That's not on your wide receiver. That's on the play call. Has, yeah, yeah. If you're running a five-yard short, that's, that's, that's on the play call itself. Yeah. If yeah. you're running it two yards short, that's it's probably on the receiver. Huh? It's like we don't have these like third and and longer than medium, like third and eight, third and yeah. ten. We don't have yeah anything between third and five and third and ten. We don't have a package where we're like, all right. We're running this these routes to make sure we get to the sticks or at least have a shot at, at getting to the sticks. I mean, you want if you're probably going to have three or four options in terms mm-hmm. of receiver, you want all of those to be two or past the sticks, yeah. and your one dump off route yep. is the only one that's short, and that's and that should be your true fourth option, not your quick check down. So some of that's on Gabriel and some of that's on Levy on running where yeah it's like well I'm not gonna throw that ball because even if he catches it it's not gonna be for a first down. We had, no good. we had two drives in the in the in a row, in the middle of the third slash late third, when we had third and two, and couldn't convert, and the line was super soft, not being able to push two yards, mm-hmm. and then on one running play, I don't I think it was major they handed it to and didn't get it, and we punted, and then another was a pass. It might have been the the Freeman one. I think it was a third and two, and he just gets stuffed on a you know at at the line essentially. Yeah. I'm pretty much overseeing Marcus Major at this point. I mean, I know he's banged up a little bit. I today, don't think he has vision. But yeah, we saw the same oh, there exact were two he's, runs he's today. Saw the same exact issue that we talked about in the touchdown midweek, runs, where he he runs towards contact as opposed to space, and he makes a juke into contact. Just keep going into two and to what, yeah. to what you guys said in the midweek. You can't teach that, and obviously he doesn't have the capacity to learn it, and you can't afford that. Where I do think promising. Seeing Sawchuk break that one off at the end of the game, I, I really hope that's a step towards, all right, this is going to be our guy, and it may be the Tawi Walker, Gavin Sawchuk show from here on out. Um, Which could Sawchuk, be very strong. I think Sawchuk is a true running back one. I think Walker will get the nod um, if it's not some prolonged issue that he's going to have to deal with as, as, the, as the RB1, but um, <clears throat> I think Sawchuk has, has to be your long-term solution. I there. don't put a lot of comp, uh, a lot of stock in the idea of confidence, but I will say if you get a guy into a rhythm and you give him a chance to see, hey, this is what it feels like to break a 60-yard run. This is what it feels like to get into the second level and just blow by a guy and go. He'll figure out it'll click for him. Wait a second. I don't have to get tackled here, or if I do... He can barely brush tackle me, and he happens to catch me with the shoestring. Rather than played as if everything is is uh, three yards in a cloud of dust. That is not what we need to be doing. We need to be 
moving the ball down down the field with the with the potential for a, a big play. And we look at this this game with 42 yards being our longest play, and many many games so far this year when it it comes from especially. Um, from the uh, line of scrimmage play, when you take out kicking game and other things, our longest plays are not, they leave a lot to be desired. I mean, the Sawchuck run was our longest running back run of the season, I think. No, it wasn't. It wasn't, th it wasn't plus 30, I was thought, it? I thought it, it was. It was 30 yeah. even, I think. I don't think so. So, so that ties Tyree Walker. So it matches Walker's. Ty, yeah, and, uh, Gabriel's had a longer But great run, job but, yeah. by Sawchuck to run down the run down the one-yard line for a couple seconds to burn off I, there. I don't know about that. Well, I think he was, I, he was looking he back. He knew there was the, nobody was looking, around him. He was looking back there was a the guy back there. for direction. There was a guy back there. I will say he didn't cover the ball up the way he should have. Um, I did like it, except I worry, was he trying to do that, or was he looking to the sideline thinking that there's so little time left that uh, I need to take down. a knee? Yeah. I think he didn't know if he should score. He and was there, looking and, at the sideline. And that's a mistake. There's clearly enough time you need to take the touchdown. While plays no being played, it. you're looking to the sideline. So that, <laughs> you, you well, need yeah, to, you're, you're up one with an opportunity to go up eight. It was a mix yeah, of good and bad. At the end of the game. It's a mix of good and bad, I will <laughs> say that. But it was that's a coachable moment. It's a coachable moment. But it's a good coachable moment to be in because it's it's an enviable position for sure. And he... So, so more good than bad for sure on what he's doing there. What I find interesting with uh, today's strength and conditioning with players, running backs back in the day never came out. You never took them off the field. No, they would run them, run them, run them, run them. You say back in the day, that's like five, ten years yeah. ago. So to think that a guy can't stay in for six plays in a row as your running back is just absurd. They punished him those. They, they punished him after that first drive though. After he, oh, after he was, he yeah, he was in the doghouse. Oh, and then he drops the, the pass, snap, and then he drops the pass. Yeah, which, again, in my opinion, pretty stupid play call. That there's, he's not getting the first down there, Agreed. but um, he got punished, and I, I don't like that. Like, I, I just, I don't like it. So, yeah, I, I thought it was, it, it shows a lack of philosophy about what it takes to establish a run game. I'd love to get. Some some truth serum in those coaches, and and just have them talk straight about what's going on. And if they would tell you these guys are too young, these guys are just not good enough. Um, they're not who we want them to be. I know they're not all young, but some of them, they may say the guys that are old are just they're lost causes. The guys that are young are young. Whatever it takes, you've got to figure out how to do it. And I mean, I, say what you want about recruiting rankings and etc. We have six running backs on scholarship. At OU, five of them are four-star running backs. Yeah, for somebody a has to be able to emerge as the guy. Yeah, uh, no, I think you're absolutely right. And today I would have said, oh, we have a patchwork offensive line, so maybe that's why the running game wasn't as good. But this is the seventh game, and we haven't had a good running game. Yeah. So even when we've had all of our starters in, we still can't run the ball against teams that aren't that great. And then you face a team that gives up 399 to Kansas two weeks ago. Or was it last week? Last week. Last, last week. week. You have 399 yards a week ago, and we didn't even hit the 200 mark, and some of that was from Gabriel. And it's, <laughs> like I said, you can't blame the Patrick offensive line because we haven't proven it all season that we can't run. And I don't understand why, as, as good as Beanbow has been for the last decade, or almost decade, what has it been? He's been here eight years or so? Oh, at least. Come yeah. in 15? Yeah. Yeah. That – He's not just sitting down with Lebby and be like, "This is what works. We need to do more of this." Yeah, we, you need to you need to fashion your play calling around this aspect of the running because game that this works. This is what succeeds. Yeah, and so, it just doesn't seem like that's happened at all. Let me put you guys on the spot and ask you to assign rough probability or rough rough uh, uh, attribution to three different aspects of why we're not running. How much of it is running back? How much is of it is line? And how much is of it is play calling? And I'll start by saying. I think it's about 20% line, I think it's about 20% play calling, and I think it's about 60% running back. Uh, I think it's probably... And I'm including I'd lean more in running, play calling. And when I, I say running in, back, I mean including overall the dis choice of a coach to not play one guy to get him into rhythm. I'd say play calling in terms of the design of the run play it itself in its entirety. That's your majority? That would be my majority. I would say that's it's forty percent that, it's forty percent line and twenty percent running back. I'd 
I don't like Jay said. You've got six guys on scholarship. Four of them are four stars. So you're opposite of me. Yeah. I think those guys, and not that we keep signaling this one game against Florida State, but saw Chuck and Barnes looked fantastic. Major has had his spots occasionally, but not anything major, no pun intended. <laughs> but, I mean, it's crazy to me that in that final drive, we were opening holes, huge holes, in the middle of the offense where essentially the center was going one way with one of the guards and the other guard was blocking the other way right down the middle of the offensive line because mm-hmm. I can see it from my end zone seats. Mm-hmm. And there were you could have driven – a small car, maybe like a Yugo, if old school people remember those, or a Geo Metro. <laughs> those didn't drive but so well. You could drive straight through those lines. They were so big, and it was literally just one drive of the game that was like that. Yeah. Everything else seemed like it was a huge chore to struggle. get four yards. Yeah, it's a struggle. Because the line and had there, no push. And there's what's But, crazy. again, it's also the fast pace. When you're asking 320-pound guys to, to push three or four yards – get up and set themselves in seven or eight seconds and then do it again and then set themselves and do it again, it's not a recipe for success. So we're different, but not not as different as I I think it sounds like because I'm saying that part of it is the fact that we are not running with a consistent running back, but I do think it's our running back weakness that is the dominant factor. I I think running backs have had trouble after they've gotten through the line of, of making the right decision on where to cut to really extend a run, but I don't feel like they're just absolutely missing the initial holes of the line of scrimmage. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like right. They're like missing it, it after not, five yards yeah, if oh, they get getting, that point. They're getting a couple, past it. A couple times they are. And then you're like, well, why didn't he come no, a few, right? A few yeah, but if we're talking four or five right. times a game as opposed to we ran the ball 30 and times. And I think that's rhythm. That's, I think that's rhythm. That's a completely different story. So I'm blaming them for not having the rhythm. Of being in there. I think if you give a guy 15, 20 carries, he's going to figure out left, right. He's going to figure out every time. So I'm not, I'm not blaming the player as much as I'm blaming the coach for not giving that guy the opportunity to learn what's going on. So I think we're both on the same side as, in terms of we think coaching is the dominant problem here. But I think line, I guess, I guess I'm very favorable to the scheme where they're zone blocking and they're finding success, which is the coach's fault of not Which figuring is, out what a, to that's do. That's the le- least amount of blocking we do is the zone blocking yeah. on the front. Yeah. What do you think, Connor? I think I would say it's <clears throat> 40% play calling, 30% running back, 30% uh, line. I'll give the line and the running backs pretty equal um, weight there. It's just, I, I don't know, I, I boil back down to we're seeing so many limitations in play calling, I think. And I think we, we saw, I mean, it just, we looked so disjointed today, not even just in the running game, but just offensively as a whole. And I just, it's, it's unfortunate when I feel like we have that momentum and we had that, we had some, especially you go back to that last drive and we've been saying all year, you know, take what you can get offensively. I think there's a lot of opportunity to do that. And I think there's a lot of stubbornness on Jeff Levy's side where he tries to force a game plan and then when it when it doesn't work he refuses to deviate. And he should have seen today when I mean I, I thought I thought Dylan Gabriel looked really uncomfortable today a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got hit a couple times and I think that may have played a played a part in it. But at that point start giving him some of those easy little hook routes or some, I mean, the, we've said it, I've said it, everything today looked difficult for us offensively. Mm-hmm. Nothing there was, was there's no rhythm. Nothing was coming easy. So, I don't know. It's, uh, it's frustrating. The rhythm part is tough, and I want to see some consistency there uh, because today it was just a complete disjointed offense, and it was very reminiscent of, you know, the SMU game, the Cincinnati game. And we can't keep doing that if we want to have this undefeated regular season that we're all expecting we should have. So that's that's an interesting transition point because UCF is not the most difficult, probably not the most difficult opponent we're going to face defensively absolutely in these six not. games, and and so that's worrisome. So we've got Oklahoma State, who's who's doing great, just like Connor predicted early on the pod that Gundy would have his stuff together. We've got Kansas, who's going to give us trouble, especially if, if Jalen Daniels is back and supposedly he's back 
next week. That'll be our luck. Yeah. Uh, that'll be our luck. It's the. Uh, I was just checking my phone. It's the big noon kickoff. So the their pregame, the Fox pregame show is going to be in Lawrence. Looks like. Okay. So we've got um, all you lucky listeners at home get to listen to uh, Gus Johnson lose his mind every time Kansas scores. <laughs> and Joel Clatt. So, so you've got at BYU, which BYU wins real or was winning really big against Texas Tech last I looked. Um, you've got a lot of difficult games ahead. My question is, what we saw today is this actually who we are? Um, and this is actually a question you you brought up on the walk home, Connor. So I'm stealing your question. Um, so. As we look at a game like against Texas, where we actually obviously had difficulties and struggle, and we pull out the victory, we look at some lesser opponents like SMU, where we struggle at times, is this more indicative of who we are, and are we flying a little bit above our true ceiling, where this shows us that we can lose any game on our schedule? We're talking about playoff contention, and it's definitely in the mix, but at the same time, it's very volatile. It's very sensitive. We could lose a couple of games and be out of the mix very quickly. Texas today, a team that is obviously very good and we, we barely beat, struggles against Houston. Um, Houston's not a good football team, and they struggled against Houston. And they could have lost if the referee referee wouldn't have screwed up the spot. That's just horrific officiating in this horrific officiating uh, conference. So is this who we are? Is this the team that we're going to have to get used to? Is this going to be a tough five-game stretch that we're looking forward to here? Um, Or are we going to get our stuff together, and are we going to be able to pull it together? What do you guys think? I think it is. I mean, I I think this is – it's going to be one of those things where after after what we saw today, <clears throat> I think we're one step away from being that consistent team that we were talking about on the pod uh, on the midweek. Is We saw Michigan go out today, given against a very, very, very depleted Michigan State, uh, a down Michigan State team, and they're, they're dominating. But One of my locks of the week. Lock of the week, Maybe yeah, the exactly, for, for a good reason, apparently. Um, <laughs> I think... I think we are a step away from being that team who puts away in what I think are much lesser opponents. I mean, yeah, we can talk about the UCF stats and, and what they rank nationally from a, a, a rushing perspective and even offensively. Um, but until we can figure out ways to move the ball and consistently score points, our defense is only going to hold up for so long. I mean, we this was the point the we were inches away from the breaking point today. And luckily we didn't see it happen, but you keep playing with fire in that way. Um, there's, we have a big enough target on our back. Everyone's gonna be up to play against us because we are Oklahoma and it's gonna come back to bite us one day when one of these teams decides they wanna have a, a career day. So anyways, I, I, I do think Steve, to your question, this may be and maybe is the team that we have to, to look at going forward. Um, it is going to be a tough five games. What do you guys think? Tough this, five games? This definitely brings down the momentum I felt like we had after Texas. And we talked about where this team going to get a big head, being on national media and all that. But you would have thought with the bye week that it would have settled all that down and we would have focused. And it clearly to me did not look like we were focused today. Um, I, it definitely brings in a, into contention a couple more losses out there. If we, if we play like today – Again, if we play like we did today against Kansas, I don't think we win that game because Kansas has shown that they can move the ball. On paper, yeah, we wouldn't win. I mean, on we paper. We cannot play like we played today nope. and expect to win five games. We, we, nope. could make, we could probably beat West Virginia. We'll struggle against Kansas, struggle OSU. They've got the running game going crazy. Ugh. Ollie Gordon had 250 yards and four touchdowns today. That guy looks like Derrick Henry out there running around. Um TCU looks, man. they last I looked, they were Kansas State was handling them pretty. That's our easiest game. Pretty game easily, is. yeah. Week they they are so volatile. That's that's a that's a trap game, actually. I think. What do you think, Jay? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the consistency that we've all talked about just isn't there. Um, your defense comes out is playing lights out in the first quarter, and your offense just sputters, yeah. and you just can't have that. This game. Very easily could have been over right out the get-go. Yeah. Right out the get-go. And just, mm-hmm. 
you let teams hang around, and you can always lose multiple games. You're going to let people hang around. I yeah. definitely had yep. that we're letting them hang around feeling. I Jay and I said it in the middle the of the group. first quarter. Said, I mean, we, we're completely letting mm-hmm. them stay in this game. And Which we did. we've that's the third game we've had where we let a lesser opponent hang around. Cincinnati, SMU, and now UCF. And, and what gets what's Eventually, irritating that is that catches up to you. It seems like the coaches or the team will get pissed off at this, and then we'll come out and play really, really good against Kansas. Right. Right. Like. They get all ticked off that we Cincinnati wasn't very good. So what do we do? Come out, we light up an Iowa State defense that's given us trouble for <laughs> years and years and years. It might be the third best team in the conference. Yeah, and then um, did pretty good against Texas, and then we we really faltered today. It, it honestly was a pretty poor performance. I'm just concerned. Yeah, we just don't see any sort of uh, <clears throat> we don't see step steps forward in the offense in the offense. I mean, it's crazy the leap. We've seen in the defense, mm-hmm. we're not seeing the same thing in the offense. I mean, I, to, from a homer take, this is a game we lose last year, and this is a game that I think <clears throat> in the past I would have said we're down, we're down what? Six, well, that's because six we don't points. hold them under thirty. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Last year, yeah, whatever. true. I mean, and, and we're down, we're down six points going to the fourth, and even today I felt like, oh, this this has all the makings. It felt like one of those old. Kansas State games where we just could not figure it out and to get past the the point of of coming back to the team's credit they did that and I think that shows some sort of resilience that we may have been lacking in the past um, but it has to just it all boils down to that consistency Jay that you just mentioned and we'll see we'll see if we can uh, find that I guess it really makes me mad on behalf of the defense how pathetic we were on offense the first quarter because the defense comes out, stops them on the opening drive. We get the ball at the 40, nothing. We Defense comes out again, stops them. We get the ball at the 45, at the plus 45, nothing. I don't think they got a first down until like their fourth drive. And it just happens so many times, and then you miss the two field goals, which we would have. I would have had a lot less stress in my life if we would have made both those field goals because coming to the end of the game, when you're – well, we were down 17-14 at one point. It's the difference in the game. Yeah, it's the difference in the game if you make those two field goals – that the onside kick never happens more than likely. Um, and you're not stressing over them getting the ball back and going with a chance to win the game. And you just you can't do that against better teams. No. And there are better teams on our schedule than UCF. So let's go through predictions. Let's talk about where we think we're going to be here from here on out. We're 7-0. and What do you guys think the regular season will bring? Any changes or updates to your predictions? I think I was at ten and two last time. I'm gonna stick with that. Were you at ten and two or eleven? Did I go eleven and one? I'm 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 at ten and two regardless of what I was. No, you were at eleven and one. Yeah, yeah, not anymore. Ten and two, two. with five games left on the schedule. Connor, what do you think? I'll say eleven and one. I mean, after what we saw today, I don't think it's at all outside of the realm of possibility that we'll drop a game, um, especially somewhere along the lines of. A tough game in Stillwater, a tough game in Lawrence, and a tough game in Provo. So, uh, yeah, I I'd say eleven and one. Jay. Yeah, there's there's definitely one game that we're gonna drop playing the way that we're playing. Um, you just can't mess with fire the the way that we're doing it. Um, I'll stay optimistic and say it's just the one, be, only because. Once November gets here and maybe the mindset of the team or the attitude of the team starts to shift and you start to really see what's on the horizon, what you're capable of getting yourself into. I should have thought that after we beat Texas. (sighs) Yeah, I guess. Are you talking about championship November? Is that still a thing with with the new coaching staff? Not after last year. Okay. No, but just, I don't know. A loss can... Last year was like death by a thousand cuts. In November it was a loss. Can also throw open your eyes quite a bit too. I'm not <clears throat> maybe another homer take, but I, I'm hoping the fact that we don't have another bye week is hoping we just have that focus that you mentioned earlier, Jay. And um, I hope it's something where we can develop some consistency around that. I we all said it. Uh, we all said it after the the. Texas game is, you know, there was a lot of publicity, which rightfully so, a lot of celebrating, not only amongst the fan base, but amongst the team. And hopefully we can use this as a more of a battle cry. I mean, I, I think the film sessions tomorrow are going to be pretty rough 
Uh, oh yeah, there's and, and, there's and so all, much in all of the position groups, even defensively. So there's so much to get on uh, to the players about, yeah. and how much to get better on. It's not even funny. We'll see how they respond. Well, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna have to be a bit realistic and say, eleven and one is the most probable right now. Um, if based on everything I've seen, you've got a loss on your schedule. Um, you've got to figure out how to get there, and. You've got diff- more difficult opponents on the schedule, obviously on paper, but also with the volatility that if you don't show up against any of these teams, you can lose. Any one of them. Um, if you can almost lose to UCF at home, you can almost lose or lose to anybody that's out there. And it gives me then additional concern about who we might face in the Big 12 title game. I don't want a rematch against Texas, to be quite frank. Although that might be the type of team we take serious enough that we go out and, and, and can prepare for them properly and beat them. Uh, at the same time, they've got enough talent on the field that they can capitalize, if they do it right, on your mistakes and your shortcomings. And all of a sudden, you're down 17 points against You know, that's them. a really interesting take that I haven't really considered. I also don't want to play Texas just because I think – you never really want to play the other most talented team right. in your league. Right. But you might be onto something to where that will get your attention mm-hmm. and that will get your best effort. Bring your best. To bring of anything else. At least it's your best effort. Right. Might not be your best game. Right. Your best performance, but your your effort and attention will be there for that game. God, I just so. hope we don't have to get to a point where we're talking about effort and preparation and stuff again. I mean, that's, that's a very... I, and I, I know we are after today, but I mean it's it's a very there's only regr- twelve games. It's a very regressive step, though. I mean that I mean we've always talk- said that though. This I is, know, but this I, isn't but we, 162 you baseball you games. Be, but you yeah exactly. This you, isn't 82 NBA games. This is 12 football games that you have to be focused for. You can't be nationally yeah, but competitive. We're not if you're the not only out your team that effort. has to deal with this. I mean, the words that Nick Saban chooses on his press conferences and stuff is the same reason he. It is hard to get your team ready to go for every single game. To us, old men, who would like give up everything in the world to be on that football field doing what they do, it sounds really, really easy for us mm-hmm. to give 120% all the time. Well, I don't know if it boils down to the players' effort more so than it does the coaches. I mean, I think it's everything. I think you're right. I think it's coaches as well. That's, that's probably something that's underappreciated is that coaches have to get up for the games. Coaches have to get up for preparation and, and looking at film and seeing nuances. You know if you're playing Texas, and adjusting. you're looking for everything possible and the adjustments, and you're thinking, when you're playing UCF, you're, you're thinking, I don't have to think that deep. I don't have to think to the third derivative I'll go a little and bit, figure out what's going on. A little bit off topic to a certain degree. A lot of fans and stuff talk about, oh, man, UCF had two weeks to prepare for this. They're going to bring out all kind of new wrinkles, and we're going to have to get ready for it, and things we haven't seen. Well, do they not have to worry about that with us? Right. Do we just line up and do what we do? And right. What did we spend two what weeks What did we doing? spend two weeks preparing for UCF? Hopefully today? not partying. To show stuff that they haven't seen. Right. Because there wasn't anything today nope. that we did offensively that they weren't ready for. They didn't mm-hmm. have two weeks off. They played Kansas last week. We had the bye. They didn't. No, but no, like, they Kansas, had a bye. Well, like They, they had, had a bye, bye last week? Yeah, You're it, saying Kansas two, going into the Kansas game. No, UCF was two, off, two too. Two weeks ago. Two weeks yeah. ago. Was two yeah, UCF was off. And Kansas is off. Yeah. Well, a guy like Malzahn, though, that guy, I mean, when he was at Auburn, he was very creative. At UCF, he's been very creative. So you know that he's going to – and they did bust some stuff out that we probably hadn't seen on film. Yeah, but what did we – what I'm saying we is didn't. what did we do We don't have UCF a creative offensive coordinator. How many times are we going to talk about that? Well, and I think we do have a – actually, I think we have two Oh, no, creative. wait. We put Stogner in the backfield. <laughs> yeah. I think we have two creative. He I over, think he, he tries too much gimmicky yeah, stuff, too much goofy stuff. He was trying stuff today, especially early, that – was not necessary. He sucks at his job. Just go out and do bread and butter. I, I don't know about sucks at his job. I, I, I'm going to stop at that. I'm, I'm going to... I'm gonna. Nope. I'm not ready to, to get there. I, I think that he is probably above average um, and maybe exceptionally above average. It just takes exceptionally above average talent, and we don't necessarily have that at every position. We highlight a couple where I think we've got an above average quarterback. I think we've got a very below average uh, tight end. We have above average wide receivers. We have above average wide receivers. We have below average running backs. Um, I think we have above average line play. So 
it's it's difficult to say, but it's definitely something that is worth considering. What you're bringing out, Lucas, uh, it it is a concern for sure. What do we think going into Kansas? We'll obviously have a midweek pod where we'll talk about it in more depth. But we we have our next test. We're seven and zero. Um, what do we think about the Kansas game coming up? Just brief thoughts. We're going to be there. Deeply concerned. Deeply concerned. Yes. What do you guys think? Deeply concerned. I think no. Leipold's a great coach. Slightly concerned. Definitely concerned. I would say I've seen Jeff Lebby coach this team for twenty games now, and I think he's had two good games out of twenty as an offensive coordinator. And I just I don't know what anybody sees in him. And I'll stand by that until he proves me otherwise. What do we Are think you, that game opens up at? Eight and a half? Uh, I don't know how it could be. I think it's probably six and a half. Less than a touchdown is what that's yep. critical. Um, that's a pretty good guess. I'd say I'll take six and a half. That's probably a good number. Um, and that that should be a wake-up call right there to realize that if you're that tight. I don't know. Uh Boy, I don't know. Jalen Daniels is a big variable there. If he's playing, I think six and a half. If he's not, it's probably more like the eight and a half or nine. Um, yeah, but their backup has twenty starts for Kansas. Yeah, but he's not, he's that not good. a bum. Bean is not that good. Um, I I don't know. He's um, good enough. He's good enough. He's good enough. It just depends on. He's what as happens. good as the UCF kid was tonight. So I at this point I could see us coming out and handling them with no trouble, without and that would not be surprising to me. I could see a struggling and even losing. That wouldn't be surprising to me. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I be don't know what to outcome. expect. It, either either thing could could happen for sure. I'd be surprised if we put up fifty on them. That would that would be what surprised me. Yeah, that would be surprising. That would be surprising. Well, we'll actually, you know, we're actually going to be at the game. At least some of us. That's going to be exciting and fun. We'll come back with a lot of obviously post game takes on that. We're going to have a midweek pod where we'll preview it in depth. Uh, one last word out to Tobacco Exchange, our sponsor for the post games. They do a great job. Go check them out. Three metro locations. Anything else to talk about today? Sooners win. We're seven Sooners and zero. Sooners win. We're seven we and seven zero. zero. Let's be happy. Yeah. Seven Fixable. And zero. We're seven and zero. Fixable, but but really in good shape. Really in good shape. We are the we are the stars of the conference. We're ranked six. Do we think? Last question. Do you think we'll go up in the rankings? No. No. Uh, no. You mean like fall in the rankings? No, improve. Well, we improve. No. It depends on if Florida, if Florida State week. loses okay, yeah, Florida this State. game. Florida State. Well, Penn State lost in front of us. Penn State lost, and Florida and State's on the Florida ropes. State's about, I, I think we're going to go up, guys. Yeah, I, I think we're going to go up. That'd be sad. We have to go up. We they have need, to go up. They need up. to start ranking JMU because they are elite. They're ranked. Aren't they like 23rd or something? No, nope, they were unranked. They got 70 votes, in the, but they were they were 26. JMU is the most Lucas Swindler team They have not played the anyone. They're not good at football. They are good. Air Force is good, too. <clears throat> Air Force is pretty good. They beat Navy by 11 and scored 17 points. Don't yeah. be mad because you lost your lock. <laughs> I'm a little mad about that, but Air Force is not <laughs> Air Force is elite. not that good. They're not elite. They're undefeated. Air Force Just is like we are. You know, I respect yeah, we're them. undefeated. I respect right. them from a military perspective. We're, we're we have one victory on our schedule better than their victories. That's probably No, no, oh my no, God, no way. We'll, Please, let's no. not start that. That's not even close. Well, we're 7-0. Obviously, we've got a lot of disagreement going on about how good we are because we don't know, and we're still discovering it. We're going to be back for the post-game pod. Until then, Boomer. Sooner. Sooner.